And now, a bit of romance. Two girls on a quest to find which rom-com is the best. P.S. I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms. Hello, and welcome to P.S. I Love Rom-coms, the podcast about magic love spells and Roman wedding bells. And of course, Josh Duhamel. We're your hosts. I'm Mia. And I'm Allie. P.S. I Love Rom-Coms is a rom-com review podcast where each week, me and I grab a coin and toss it into the La Fontana del Amor and wish for the answer <laughs> to the question, which rom-com is the best rom-com of all time? <laughs> now, we like to start off each episode with a little segment called Which Rom-Com Hero or Heroine Are You Channeling? Where we equate the experiences we've had this week with a famous rom-com hero or heroine. And I can start us off... Um, so this week, I sort of, I'm more channeling a trope, but I'm, I'm going to say like Laura <laughs> Linney from Love Actually in that I, you know, we've long sort of criticized the whole woman covers herself in a sheet during or after <laughs> sex or takes the whole sheet and turns it into like a little toga dress. We've been like, that's crazy. That's, that's not realistic. Yeah. And it's not. And, but I will say, uh, so I've been, I got back from this job and I'm still really tired and I'm trying to find ways to kind of like cope with burnout. So I have a, like a cheap massage place by me that I really like. So I ran over and I got a massage this week. And like when the massage was almost over that my masseuse was this wonderful, amazing woman. She like sat me up and she took the sheet and she tied it around my back so that like I could be sitting up while she like did more massaging to my back, but like covered. And she did it in the chicest way I've ever seen where <laughs> I was truly all of a sudden wearing like a strapless, beautiful dress. That was a sheet. And then she left and she was like, thank you so much. Like you can get dressed. And then I stood up and I was like, I'm just look amazing. <laughs> I was like, I'm just like wearing a sheet as a dress. This is actually fucking awesome. And while, <laughs> and while I don't support I, I the idea of like dipping into like P.S. rom-coms and erotic corner, the idea that you would remove someone's bed sheet and sort of take it out of the bed, you know, and do that, it stresses me out because then they're going to have to put it back. And if they have a dog like I do, it's like that's going to be like the whole process. So that stresses me out. But I was kind of like, you know what? I get it. I do kind of get that it is like a nice, cute solution. I've been a little hard on that. And now I'm kind of like, I looked, will I ever do that to someone else's bed? I don't, I don't know, but I really, the way that this woman tied that sheet was uh, incredible and she should be sort of like on project runway, I think. Um, so that's who I'm channeling. Um, but oh Ali, who are you channeling this week? <laughs> that's so funny. That woman should also consider a career in fashion. Um, I was shocked. Uh, I was shocked. It was incredible. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I'm channeling um I'm channeling uh the character of Kate from French Kiss played by Meg Ryan. Um particularly uh you know, Kate has a fear of flying. She gets kind of stressed out and then um you know, she sits next to the handsome Kevin Klein on the airplane as it's taking <laughs> off as she goes to France. And he kind of like distracts her and like soothes her as the um, plane takes off. And um, this weekend, I, uh, this past weekend, I flew to North Dakota to visit my grandmother. And um, I was, you know, it's still so incredibly stressful to fly, <laughs> like doubly stressful. It's oh already stressful as is, it's uh, so but stressful. even more stressful with like the pandemic. And um, <laughs> I was on the flight and, um, you know, I, there's always like, who's going to sit next to me on the flight kind of a thing. And there's the double stress of like, is the person who's going to sit next to me, are they going to wear a mask? Like, um, and oh lo and behold, who comes to sit next to me on the flight is a, at least the top half of his face, a handsome pilot. Um, oh my God. Stop. Yeah. 
Mia, handsome <laughs> pilot, sits next to me. Um, you know, I was, though, on the flight with my mother, so I really couldn't, you know, lean into the flirtation. Um, <laughs> but, um, Trying to flirt next to your mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do some hardcore fl- flirting in front of my mom. That um, I, I did, however, do a little subtle flirting because I was really nervous, but I did feel better with a pilot sitting next to me and he was very respectful and wore his mask the whole time. Um, I did do some unconscious flirting because I fell asleep pretty quick into the flight and I did at one point <gasps> accidentally rest my head on his shoulder. And then um, it was kind of like one of those things where you fall asleep and then your head hit something and then you're like, what is my head hitting? And then you kind of like <sighs> jerk awake. Um, so <laughs> Did a oh. little subtle forehead flirting, um, and uh, <laughs> it helped. Uh, it helped distract me on the flight, and like a little bit of uh, helpful flirting gets you through those long pandemic flights. So, <laughs> oh my god, that is that is like a classic. I mean, I don't know. I yeah, I've yet to see the like classic meet cute on a plane workout for anyone. <laughs> but I think that's as close as it's come. I think that's as close as it's come. Very um wow, 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 what a what an exciting turn of events. <laughs> plane journey. Um but yeah, that's uh that's who I'm channeling. Um pretty <laughs> Pretty tame, pretty tame flirting. But one of these days, Mia, I think you, you or I, um, we're going to have an, a real full-blown airplane romance and I cannot wait for it. Yeah, it's going to happen. Of course it is. No, no, because no, we have like classic rom-com moments all the time. So that's one that I do think it's coming for one of us. And I think when it happens, we're just going to be like, wow, I can't believe, wow, I can't believe this is happening right now. <laughs> um, but I do think, yeah, I do. Now, like whenever, because we just talk about this so much, whenever I have like a real rom-com moment happening, I'm just like, oh my God, look, I've seen this before. Of course it's happening. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Speaking of uh, romantic trips, um, should we get into our movie discussion this week? (laughs) Perfect transition, yes. Thank you, thank you. Um, This week, we watched the 2010 rom-com Win in Rome. In this film, Beth, an ambitious curator played by Kristen Bell, travels to Rome for her younger sister's wedding. Disillusioned by love, Beth ends up stealing several coins from the La Fana, the La Fontana del Amor. Um, <laughs> excuse my poor Italian pronunciation. Uh, and when she steals those coins, she accidentally casts a magical love spell on the men who originally threw the coins into the fountain. And this includes a colorful cast, uh, a sausage <laughs> merchant played by Danny DeVito, a street magician, uh, a model played by Dak Shepard, uh, and an artist played by Will Arnett. Uh, but when a persistent sports reporter played by Josh Duhamel uh, also (laughs) begins pursuing Beth. She wonders if his love is the real thing or if she has just stolen his coin and not his heart. A Win in Rome was directed by Mark Stephen Johnson and written by Mark Stephen Johnson, David Diamond, and David Weissman. And fun fact, people throw coins into the Trevi Fountain, the reputed fountain of love in Rome, to have their wishes granted in matters of the heart. In fact, it is an offense to try to steal coins from the fountain because it is the equivalence of stealing other people's wishes. Wow, that's really fun. I do get why you would want to make that a premise. Yeah, um, Ali, have you, had you seen this before? Have you seen this movie before? Um, and what what were your first thoughts? Oh, Mia, I have seen this movie <laughs> so many times. I literally cannot count because oh my God. this was one of the movies that came out when I was working in high school at a <gasps> movie theater over the summer. And oh my God. I, during my breaks, when this movie was in theaters, you know, there was like a plethora of like films to choose from. I think it was like this movie was out and then like um, Larry Crown was out and then like uh, like Captain America, the first Captain America came out as well. And um, it was like, oh, what am I going to watch? And I was always like, I'm going to go 
watch, you know, uh, when in Rome. And so I watched this movie so many times, but never like in the right order, always in like weird, like 15 minute chunks whenever I was having like my break. And so, um, uh, yeah, I see this movie out of order, um, so many times. And, uh, I, cause like part of my job would be to like walk, I'd have to do like theater checks to make sure that like, um, you know, nobody was doing anything bad in the theater. Um, and so I would walk in, walk to the, you know, end of the like rows, like check, make sure everyone was behaving and then walk back. But sometimes if it was like a slow day, I would just kind of like stand in the back of the theater and watch a movie. And this is one of the movies that I would just kind of like linger in and watch. And so I love this movie. Um, uh, it's very sentimental because that was just a really fun time in my life. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, the two leads are just, just incredible. Like Kristen Bell and Josh uh, Duhamel. I mean, could you get two cuter people and they have incredible no. chemistry and it was just, uh, I just, it, this movie has a very special place in my heart and, uh, I love it. And there are aspects of it that like almost seem like a, like a TV movie. Like the budget is like, yes, I don't know. Like Rome seems very much filmed on like a studio lot. Um, yes. But, <laughs> but I like, don't care. Like it's a movie where I'm like, I yeah. know I'm watching a movie when I watch it. Like the dialogue is so, um, unnatural like all of her friends just have the best one-liners but I don't care it's just <laughs> easy everything about this movie is easy and uncomplicated and I love it yes that is I'm uh, but, so that's so funny that you said that oh go ahead <laughs> well I was gonna say what about you Mia when because I know you worked in a movie theater I don't know if it was the same or oh. the same age that I did, but um, what's your relationship with this movie? And um, uh, um, how many times have you seen I've, it? I've actually never seen this before. This was my first time. <laughs> no, we were, <laughs> Ali and I were, we were absolutely working at movie theaters the exact same summer that we're talking about. We were both working at movie theaters, but mine was a two screen. So we only got two movies at a time. Um, oh. So we didn't, yeah, so we didn't get this one. And I don't know how I just never saw it. So this was my first time seeing it through. Oh and my gosh. Totally, I know. And it was such a joy because I know Ali and I were both, we were sort of both like post-travel, tired, working ladies and this was just like such a pleasure to watch like it reminds me of just like the height of like big studio rom-coms yeah. but also I agree like at times I was like this movie looks crazy like it was like <laughs> the lighting it was like flat lit you know like it was like yes. like a soap opera almost like I was yeah. just like what it like I so rarely see a rom-com that's filmed in that way with such big stars um so many so that was really huge funny stars and you're right the oh lighting is jarring <laughs> <laughs> it's so wild yeah the casting the like the casting director just had like a field day with this movie this is like we've like Kristen Bell Josh Duhamel Josh Duhamel Will Arnett um Dak Shepard Danny DeVito Angelica Houston and then Kate Micucci and then just like a lot of like UCB New York people <laughs> and like Bobby Moynihan <laughs> Eugene Cordero like I was yeah. just like I, I felt like they just like peppered in. I was like, whoever did the casting was just having a blast being like, let me sneak in like all these people. Kristen Schaal was in it. Shaquille oh, yeah. Neal. Like oh, there were yeah. so many people in this. Um, but um, no, I thought it was super fun. It was like a classic. It just reminded me of like a beach read where it's like, oh, we just got like a busy businesswoman who's going to Italy, who's like doing a magic fountain thing. I appreciated that the world was just like, nope, this is just true here. And like the whole, like that was the craziest part to me. It's like the whole time it was happening. It's like everyone was just like, yeah, you know, you stole the coins. And in this universe now, every, like I just feel like normally in a rom-com, everyone would be like, it's like only she would know that that happened but the fact that like everybody kn knew it was happening and was like actively participating in like the curse or the the spell thing was like something you don't see often you don't see yeah, it often. even kate Macucci was like 
Yeah, the magic is definitely real. You definitely have, like, cast spells on all these men. But I think that's a good thing for you. Not, like... Are you crazy? Like magic? Oh my god! Spell was enchanted. Fountains was wild. That was they have like the craziest conversation where like where like Kate Mikuchi hears like part of a conversation that Kristen Bell has with her sister, and she's like, "Oh, you put coins in a magic fountain? Well, I think it's happening. I think finally you're gonna experience love." And she's like, "Wait, when?" She's like, "Well, are men coming up to you?" I just like Kate Mikuchi was like with so much exposition, with such little prompting, was just like, "Well, I see what's happening here is a bunch of." men are going to come follow you because of the fountain and it's like where did you come from kate micucci but um <laughs> but that was very yeah it was but it was all part of the fun of it was everyone was just like yeah this is just like a magic weird world yeah. um so that was i feel like that's just like not something i normally see um yeah you're so right, though. Yeah. It is exactly like a beach read where it's like, but it's like, it, yeah, it's like a Hallmark movie if the casts were all like A-list comedians. And I felt like there were definite <laughs> moments where like her four main, you know, suitors, um, uh, Danny DeVito, Will Arnett, Josh Hedder, uh, <laughs> and Dak Shepard, I felt like a lot of their scenes together were like improv it felt like very heavy improv um and um like just such strong character games um and it was really fun and it was really funny um and i'll say like a surprising amount of like physical humor too um in this movie just like a lot like josh duhamel was like falling down all the time um oh my god running into trees running into trees, running into posts, you know, falling down, you know, uh, you know, basement, like falling into basements, um, getting electrocuted, dropping his phone. Um, and I found it refreshing that the male lead was the one that was like so clumsy. Cause usually it's like, well, I'm the female lead and I like, you know, beautiful, but I'm relatable because I'm falling down all the time. And I thought it was refreshing yes. that, um, Josh was the one that was falling all the time. Yes. No, it was. Yeah. I noticed that too. Where I clocked where, yeah, this is also like one of those like more slapsticky rom-coms, which it's like, I feel like a rare, especially like the further on in time as we go. So no, I definitely clocked that where I was like, it was almost like a violent world. <laughs> it was like, it was like a magical, it was like magical realism is like a magical world, but then also yeah, people just like constantly um, getting like smacked into things. Um, but yeah, and I agree. I, did, I was like, oh, it's nice that it's not our leading lady. Yeah, I mean, uh, the this I feel like the stars definitely like um, carry it because it's definitely, I mean, we can see that there are three writers on this and I will say three male writers. Um, two of them right. have the same name, David. Um, it definitely <laughs> has like a studio rom-com feel and that like, um, it's, uh, it's, it's very formulaic, which I find comforting. Um, but it's like, we have three male writers writing this rom-com. Um, it's, you know, packed with stars, packed with like physical jokes. It, you know, has very um, uh, kind of like sanitized lighting. So it, it does have like, you watch it and you're like, okay, this was like a big studio rom-com um, that was like shown throughout theaters all across the mi- Midwest, in- including um, <laughs> theater I worked at. Um, and it has that vibe. Um but I, what I will say, what makes it fun is like, I think the specifics in this movie are pretty good. Uh, I think yeah. like, one, it's really fun that they're in Rome. Um, I think like the fun specifics of each of her suitors, like have a really quirky, fun job um, that adds extra color to it. Like one is a magician um, and one is an artist and one is a model and one is a like a sausage salesman. And so like, <laughs> you know, like those are all like very fun, like hyper-specific jobs that like create a lot of jokes and it with the like added in layer of like she works as like a museum curator so like a bunch of it was like filmed right. in the Guggenheim which was really fun and I read this fun fact on IMDb which was like the exhibits that you see in the museum because they actually filmed in the Guggenheim were the 
actual exhibits that were like up right then. And, um, Oh, mm-hmm. so like, are you allowed like, to do that? That's crazy. I know. I would be like, if I was the artist, I would be like, um, please be careful. Um, <laughs> you know, you, they're, cause like they're running all around these like beautiful, um, like works of art, at least in that like main kind of like Guggenheim, like in that like opening kind of like lobby area where there are like those cars that are like falling through like the center of the museum. And there are those like wolves that are, it sounds crazy as I describe it. They're like those wolves <laughs> that are like running up the side of the building. I know that was like filmed in the main area of the museum. I do wonder wow. like when they were shooting that very like sentimental scene um, by the Picasso painting, if that was probably a soundstage because I imagine the kind of like liability to like film by a real Picasso <laughs> painting would be so exactly. stressful. And uh, can you just imagine like people carrying like, like, like grips and stuff and gaffers like carrying like big lights, like near <laughs> Picasso paintings. I don't think that would. Right. Um, That's why when happen. you said that, I was like, I was like, even the Picasso. So no, that makes a lot of sense. Not the Picasso's. Also, that Picasso story I thought was <gasps> fucked up. <laughs> it was so fucked up. Um, just like, because that was I, a crazy thing to say. <laughs> like I get, like I get what they're like going for, which is like you know Beth is you know standing in front of Nick in front of this Picasso painting, and at the like during the moment she's not sure like if he's actually in love with her or if he's like only in love with her because she like think she took his coin out of the fountain and so she like shares her like vulnerable moment which is like or she like tells this story about Picasso and how like this painting was like Picasso painted it because of like this woman that he loved but he was actually 30 years older than her I think they should have kept like cut out the details because the details were what was <gasps> oh creepy God. she was 17 like, and he was she was 17 years older. and he was 30 years older than her and then he ended up cheating <laughs> on her and just like moving on to somebody else but like she like always loved him and it's like and, and she's like that's she like me I always and then she Whoa. killed herself right those details probably like, should have been edited out you know we don't need to like, know are, about I, Picasso's, right. you know, statutory rape, and we don't need to know about and, the suicide and how aspect. That, like, yeah, like that was like seemed. I was by the time that happened, I was like, this is the craziest choice for like that, like for like that I've seen in a rom com in a long time. And it's like they already have the local legend thing going. They already have the the fountain and the local legend. So I was like, for the local legend trip, like we're doing a second one, and it's like crazy like what a banana yeah i agree with you ali where i'm like okay they're trying to show that like she is afraid to love because she'll be rejected exactly but you there's probably another painting you know just do a little bit more research find another painting just a Um, tiny bit more research maybe like just a more proportionate tale to the given circumstances like also her character so i believe okay yeah this and this this makes sense now so she's supposed to be 29 yeah and then josh duhamel is supposed to be 27 in reality i think he was seven years older than her which is i I can't even i can't even get into because i i just can't but that okay and then it's like everyone is like i don't know i think 29 is like kind of an appropriate age to be single at so it's like i feel like the world was also like so mean to her for being single um but I get it. This is 12 years ago. The the mean, like the median marriage age increases every year. So back then, perhaps, it, actually, you know, let me look. Okay. Average marriage age, 2010 USA. Okay. The average marriage age. Oh, um, for a man, it was 28.2. Um, and for a woman, it, oh my gosh, it was 26.1. Okay, so oh my gosh. in 2010, wow. yeah, the average uh, marriage age for a woman was 26 and for a dude was 28. Okay. Yeah. What well, is it now? Okay. Just out of curiosity. Not that oh I'm going to compare gosh. myself to the average. Should we look it up? Oh my God. This is... Yeah, let's like average marriage let's age do it. USA 2022. Okay, let's see. It is um, 27 for women, 29 for men. Okay. 
Oh, but okay. it, of course, varies. <laughs> and it says that it varies from state to state. Oh, should we find out what it is in California? <laughs> Let's go down this okay, rabbit hole. See. I have to know now. Oh, my God. Okay. 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 So uh, in California. I just want to be average. I know. So, okay. Well, we're not. It's, um, it's, it's women. <laughs> for women, it's 28. It's 28.6. So getting closer. And then for men, okay. it's 30. But we're within a range. I think we're within a range. And obviously... It's 35 for men? No, 30.5. So like, yeah. So so yeah, so 28.6 and 30.5. So, but yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, I think it just increases every year. So it's interesting when we look back at these movies where I'm like, why is everyone freaking out that a 29-year-old is single? Which obviously hearing that it's 28.6 in California right now, you'd be like, that makes sense. But... Sure, 12 years ago. Sure, she was a little three years above the average. So I guess that makes a little more sense. Um, bit of a walk, but that Picasso story was wild. Um, and yeah, and was yes, just perhaps stood out as like a bit dichotomous to what the situation in the movie, which was just yeah, having a hard time finding love. Yeah. And um, while we're talking about the art in the movie, I just want to circle back and just shout out the artist who yeah, it's it, th- so this is from uh, IMDb Pro, and it says that the scenes in the Guggenheim Museum were filmed during an actual exhibition by Guo Chang Kai called I Want to Believe. The cars in the main entrance mm-hmm. suspended from the roof was a piece called Inopportune Stage One. The tigers with arrows protruding from them is in opportune stage two. I didn't see that one, but I did see the taxidermy wolves. Um, and that was a piece called titled, it was called um, head on, um, which I just said, I thought like that was just really cool. Like that added like a little bit of like extra kind of like, I don't know, an interesting dynamic to the movie. Um, wh- what I will say, you know, I'm applauding that um, in terms of her career. Something I will kind of um, say was a bit of a bummer um, was that her boss, um, (laughs) played by um, Angelica Houston, who Angelica Houston, an incredible actress, the role she was given was a plot device. It was nothing more than a plot device. She was like Beth's boss and she was just like, is so two-dimensionally mean to her like just like like rooting for her to fail and it was like what where i if you were the head of like if you were like a head curator you wouldn't be rooting for your other curators to fail you would be like i really hope you can pull this off our our museum's depending on it but she was like just so venomous and then um surprise um uh beth does pull off the big you know exhibit um and uh you know then she kind of does like a 180 almost where she's like i believed in you i knew you could do it Um, it was crazy it was a crazy flip around you're a very good curator it's like that's not what you've been saying for the last hour and a half angelica houston which also yeah. Angelica Houston, why why did you take this role? I'm so confused. Cause Angelica like the whole time I was watching her and I was just like, Angelica Houston is just like a legit dimensional actor. So I'm just like, yeah. well, how did she end up in this role that is like saved for just like, you know, a proportionate I think there was just like a lot of stuff in the movie that was disproportionate where it was like, that's like a weird like why did like like that casting choice feels just like not proportionate to the role. Like she needs more to do. Like this, yeah. I feel like should go to like a nameless, you know, like just attractive person. <laughs> like they do in a lot of rom-coms where they, when you just need like a weird aggressive boss. Yeah. Um, it, it, I, that's such a good way to describe this movie because the casting, <laughs> it was like A-list actors for like, I'd say like a, a kind of basic structured B boom B movie script like the script was like yeah. good and fun and cute and um you know I could see maybe like saying yes to it if you could get like a free trip to Rome out of it but right. like Angelica Houston all of her fil- like all of her scenes were in New York and uh <laughs> the part was pretty dry um yeah, I have to like, think they had a, a huge 
budget, Mia. I have to right. think that like the budget was huge and that it went to just easy money salaries. Yeah. Like just easy yeah. money. And also even Danny DeVito as like the fourth suitor even feels odd. Like it's yeah. like it's like, I don't know, Danny DeVito again should be like a little more present. Um Yeah, not playing like odd. a yeah. side character. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I'm like, something is like slightly off about this movie. And I'm so curious to know like how it got made and how all these people came together. Um, cause I, cause I agree like everyone's great. Like Kristen Bell's great. Josh Duhamel's great. All the like, uh, Will Arnett, Dax Shepard and then Napoleon Dynamite. Like, th- yeah, they're all, they're all good. It's just like, it's like, how did this happen in this way? Um, it was just really interesting. And it's it's unique. It's like very unique for a rom com because I'm just like I was just like, what am I watching between like the lighting and the set decoration and the casting, and then also just like how quickly it moves. It is like the quickest, like boom, ba boom, ba boom, like like an hour in Rome, and now she's single, and now she's doing a speech, and now we're dancing, um, and now he's kissing, and then to the point where it's like 24 minutes in, then she's stealing the coins. I'm like, oh, okay, um. It is just such like a little, it's like a studio roller coaster rom com um, that I'm just like, wow, what a whirlwind. And I want to know how it all came together. And I don't yet. So if you know, tell me. Um, oh, but you know, yeah, it was, you know, it was okay. I have maybe um, a theory. Uh, mm. Well, first, first, I'll say that the director has also directed uh, a a rom-com that uh, I really like that's new, uh, which is Love Guaranteed. Um, Did you see it? The dating app one. No, not yet. But I, but I like the premise, even though it's crazy that it's the lawyer, you know, not. It's crazy. I I watched it and it's, so cute. Um, I really okay, liked I it. it. I gotta watch uh, it. It's, but it's exactly like this one where it's like big actors, low budget. Rachel Lee Cook is just the cutest woman in the world. Um, oh my and God. I, I just really love, cook. she's like a quirky car and like, I just love her. <laughs> um, but yeah, it has a, it has a similar vibe. He, um, I don't know. Maybe people signed on because the director, like, he's like a decently well-known director. He, I don't know if the, he, um, the movie he directed right before this that came out was Ghost Rider. And so, I'm and it so did really confused. well. I saw that <laughs> with Nicolas Cage, and, the one with Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Yeah, oh. the one where he, um, it's like about a motorcycle rider who sells his soul to the devil to save his father's life and then he's kind of, of like it it transformed into the devil's own bounty hunter um to like hunt down sinners <laughs> <laughs> and maybe people are like you know that was like a box office hit you know maybe this will be like do really well and you know it'll be i think just like probably like a cash grab kind of a thing um yeah yeah I don't it, know, it feels but- like this I don't know how I mean this and tell me if this sounds too insane, but I feel, but I feel like this, this is one of the films that was like on the wave of people being like, okay, we don't like rom-coms, you know, like, no, 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 yeah. like we don't, we don't want your rom-coms anymore. And it's not to say it's bad because it's not, but it's like, it is like one of those, like, it's like where it starts, it just feels like slightly disjointed in places where you are like, like, it doesn't necessarily feel like a love passion project that someone made, you know, where like, yeah. um, yeah, but it, it's still fun and, and I don't dislike it. And it's like, I'm like, oh yeah, this feels like like tier B, tier C, like, ooh, this is what I'm going to put on on a rainy day. And as you know, yeah. I, I don't I don't judge that at all because now that Bride Wars has made it from my tier C up to my tier A. <laughs> um, back up to when I watch multiple times a year. It's like, you know, this one, uh, This who knows how this one will cycle through mine. Yeah, something but, tells um, me that... Um, the three men that wrote it, Mark, David, and David, um, this wasn't their passion project. Um, but yeah, no, I agree, Mia, that like, I mean, watching it, I I loved it, um, and I love it, and I love the crazy logic, but there was kind of like, in 20, 
you know, 10, there was kind of like, you know, we're right after the Catherine Heigl kind of like rom-com peak. And yeah. I think people are a little bit tired and they don't want to accept magical realism anymore. Um, and, uh, you know, I can see them kind of getting like disillusioned with um, these kind of magical tales of, of romance, um, especially because like, man, uh, Kristen, Kristen Bell's character, Beth, puts Josh Duhamel through a lot. You know what I mean? Like yeah. she, she really like he, you know, they have one really good night and then she acts completely crazy for a solid <laughs> week. And he, you know, at the end of that week, he's like, I love you. And I'm like, really? Cause she, uh, <laughs> she's literally physically run away from you three times. <laughs> yeah. Um, totally. But yeah. don't, don't I want that? Gosh, wow. I would love to be like, Hey, I really like you. And then like run away from somebody and for them to be like, you know what? This one's you a keeper. I, um, I would love to inspire that kind of loyalty. Um, but yeah, it is a little bit of a, it really stretches. It asks um, the audience to forgive a lot uh, in terms of uh, it's not very realistic. Um, yes. <laughs> but that's not why we watch it. That's yeah. Yeah. That's it, um, it and it is a very so fun. Yeah. Pretty. It's like it's so very pretty fun. And she's like Christian yeah. Bell wears just the cutest outfits. They're all over New York. Like she's running through. Yes. She's always jogging through Central Park, which I love. We're in the Guggenheim. Yes, We're in we Rome. New York as a character. Yeah. It's no. It, it's like a very like. It's like yeah. It's it's pleasing to the eyes. It does it does everything like a big studio rom com from 2010 is supposed to do. Like it, it's a fun watch. It's definitely it's it's a it's a folding my laundry rom com is 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 how I will refer to it moving <laughs> forward or like a like a doing my taxes rom com. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. I kind of have to be like a little more focused. So it's like, what can I put on in the background that like I will be able to like know what's happening and um and enjoy yeah, yeah. Um, um and i also feel like there oh, oh go ahead oh no you go ahead please well i was gonna say and also it's like i do feel like there was like a bit of like um i wonder like who all was like friends in the making of this because i know Kristen bell mm. and Dax shepherd are both in it and they sort of like shortly after to get married like they were together mm-hmm. during the shooting of it so i am kind of like and it's kind of seemed like that with the casting that like people were like buds like it was just like a lot of friends yeah and I do you want to know oh yes oh no sorry do you want to know a crazy fun fact because I I I was wondering the same thing like how many of these people like like you know their friendship and um yeah relationships it seemed like an in kind of movie yes it did seem like they were all buddy buddy um especially like you said like a lot of them are from like the New York comedy community um but uh a crazy Fun fact I read was that, um, yeah, that Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard were dating during the movie and like pretty seriously because, like you said, they got um, married soon afterwards. Married after, yeah. um, married. Uh, they, uh, he, he, Kristen Bell was like riding on Dax's motorcycle before the shoot and like she burned her leg um on his motorcycle which is why i mean like motorcycles are terrifying and um so <laughs> like how does that happen that sounds terrible <laughs> it's like why would you i mean like burn your leg on a like ow oh my god they are death machines um <laughs> Um, but, um, uh, she burned her leg really badly on his motorcycle. Ow. Um, and in the scenes where she's like dancing in like the fountain, she's like dancing in this fountain a lot in the movie and it's really cute. And it made me want to dance in fountains, but, um, she, you can't see it, but her burned leg is wrapped up in a garbage bag because oh they didn't God. want the fountain water to infect it, which just, you know, that is oh movie magic God. where it's like, you see her like twirling in a fountain and it's so beautiful and magical. But in reality, she has like a severe, like second degree burn <laughs> on her leg and her leg is wrapped in a garbage bag. So, you know, can't see 
just like it's important to remember like social media is fake rom-coms are also right um, right and, Not, yeah. um, grain of salt grain of salt and all grain of salt grain of salt um but i thought that fun fact was really um gruesome and um interesting oh my gosh um, yeah for such like a clean cut movie it's like yeah and her leg was just actually burned <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, but I, uh, after watching this movie, I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole just because, you know, I, do you ever feel this way, Mia, where you have to know if people are like good people, like with actors and stuff, like, especially if I like them a lot, I have to know, like, is this person really a good person? And so I like went down Mm -hmm. a rabbit hole, uh, to like slightly stalk, um, uh, Josh Duhamel and um, I don't know a lot about him. I don't know a lot about him and he's like definitely like a rom-com leading man um, and is just incredibly uh, handsome and has aged uh, better than a cheese. And he, <laughs> uh, um, it turns out he's a really nice guy, which is just like so <sighs> affirming. I like watched an interview with him um, and Ellen in 2020 where he spent most of the pandemic with his family and like, a cabin in Minnesota, like fishing with his children. Oh and I was just like, oh my God, he's never been more attractive. <sighs> and so before we move on to the trope section, Allie, any final thoughts on when in Rome? Um, final thoughts would be, uh, I, um, I really want to go to Italy and, and, um, <laughs> Uh, I really want to work in a museum and I really want to fall in love. Uh, <laughs> those would be my, this movie was very like, what a fantasy. Um, and, uh, yeah, it made me want to do all of those things. Um, so wow. yeah, yeah, really, um, really putting on my film, uh, uh, critic hat. Um, what about you? Mia? <laughs> um, same. If I could put on my film critic hat, I would like to say that, yeah, my final thought is, yeah, I would love to be a busy businesswoman in New York city. <laughs> yeah. Is that where they are? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, and accidentally like, um, enlist sort of like a fun, magical fountains wrath. Um, that sounds great. That sounds great. And it sounds like a good time. <laughs> and, and, um, and yeah. So, okay. So, okay. Hard criticism out of the way. And now it's time to count up the tropes we saw in this film. Um, I can start us off. Um, obviously Beth is a, her name's Beth, right? Yeah. Yes. Beth is a busy businesswoman. You know, she's like, doesn't have time. She's always on her phone. How did you get service? Um, we have a one-dimensional ex. If you've forgotten, because a lot has happened oh, in the yeah. first scene, her ex-boyfriend like shows up. It's crazy. Her it's ex-boyfriend shows up. It's who is it? Lee Pace, like a famous actor <laughs> like why was he in this movie for less than a minute it was so odd oh yeah wow he's in a lot of stuff oh my yeah, god he's like i'd say lee lee paces lee paces like a a minus b list actor i'd say a list he's a list yeah. and he was in one yeah. scene in this movie incredible it's so random. It's so odd. So yeah, he's a one-dimensional ex. We have like a mean female adversary at work. That's Angelica Houston. Um, oh, like it's a single woman. Everybody watch out. <laughs> We're so uncomfortable. <laughs> um, perfect sibling. Just like immediately the younger sister, like right after this horrible thing, like knocks on the door and is like, I'm engaged. And so obviously that's just like a yeah. classic kind of rom-com thing that they're trying to signal very quickly. It's like, oh, it's the younger sister and she's getting married. And everyone's stressed that you, the older sister, are single. Um, oh, this is who you are. There's like a big, this is, there's so many, this is who you are speeches, but I think it's between her and the dad. He's like, well, this is what I do. I fall in love. And this is what you do. You never fall in love. And that's what's happening in this movie. (laughs) Um, mom hates dad's new wife. Uh, that's just something I see a lot at this point in time is like at the children's wedding, the mom is like, well, your husband's new tramp is here. You know what? Which is, you know, it's fine. That, That was funny. That was sort of like what was culturally prescient at that moment can't wait for the the reversals that'll be fun when the dad's like your mom's new tramp is here i I don't know i don't know if you need it at all but it's something to think about um 
<laughs> boys talking over sports. There's a very weird, yeah. I think it's a very odd scene where they're playing poker and Bobby Moynihan is like yelling at Josh Duhamel and it's like, you better not be calling girls. Like it's so wild. Um, and, and, and they're, they're like, sport. And, and Bobby Moynihan and like Eugene Cordero are like, would a whale or a silverback gorilla win in a war? And like a fight. And they're like, are they in water? Depends and it was like, water. this was improvised. I mean, that's what I, yeah, that's what I which, was, which was very nice as two people that come from improv to see kind of like improvisers as the side characters in movies. It's like, that's very fun. That's what me and I are um, hoping. We're, you know, we, we, we criticize, please. but we are hoping to have those roles someday. Oh, we would just be so delighted. Please put us in your big budget studio <laughs> flat lit rom-com where Allie and I can kind of like improvise on the side while we yeah. play poker with the gals. Light is um, as flat as you want. We are in. Ooh, we are in. Um, we have my favorite trope, which is the, or I guess this is one of my newer favorite ones, but I really like the local legend trope. You know, I obviously love it the most in the, in the like eighties overboard, but I just really like it when there's like a local legend and, and then the story mirrors it. That's just very pleasing to me. Um, we have a lot of like fate, but instead of fate, it's magic. It's like, she believes in magic. She doesn't believe in magic. Ooh, there's magic in the film. Uh, we're saying magic in Italian. And then, um, <laughs> ends in a wedding. The side characters get together, Angelica Houston and Danny DeVito. And then it honestly kind of seems like Dak Shepard and Will Arnett may end up together. Yeah. Um, yeah. New York is a character. Um, and then tropes we don't like, so I won't add to the list, but very, very straight and white film. Um, so white. So there's that. It's very white. Like just out of their way to <laughs> just do that. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, those that's what I had. Ali, what um do you do you have some tropes that I missed? Yeah, I have um it like kind of opens on like a New York skyline. You mm-hmm. had busy businesswoman. Um, I have best friends are obsessed with her love life. That's all they can talk oh, about yeah. at this work party. It's all oh Kate Micucci does is talk about her love life. Um, I just have this line as a line being in a lot of rom-coms. It's he's right behind me, isn't he? She's right behind oh me, my isn't God. she? Yeah. Um, where you're talking about someone and then they're right behind me, aren't they? Um, it's just such a <laughs> such a movie line, and I love it. Um, I'm here oh for it. You, you, Ali, I, I agree. You know what my favorite response to that line would be? No. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's like no. a character just the whole time is like, oh, they're right behind me, aren't they? They're Oh, they're right behind me? No, they're not. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, <laughs> no. There's actually no one behind you. You're There's crazy. No one there. um, <laughs> you're paranoid. Um, I, have, I have like a big public breakup but it's more like an embarrassment where it's like Mm. there's like a fake like people like there's like a confusion where they think lee pace is like proposing to Kristen bell but really um they're not and then there's a literal record scratch and the party is suddenly silent while somebody says something embarrassing uh, which is (laughs) i'm not engaged um uh i have that there's a big gala or a big party or a big ball that happens um yeah at the end of the movie i have oh um, yeah yeah um that reminds me of the big job you know it's like the whole time she's like i gotta get the painting for the big job yeah the big presentation Um, the big exhibition pitch Yeah, yeah exactly i have the meet cute is um nick rescues her uh when um she <laughs> is trying to smash a vase it's so okay this joke really got me there's this <laughs> this is so stupid it's like there's this tradition <laughs> where like the maid of honor has to smash a vase um and however many pieces the vase smashes into is how many years oh of like wedding bliss she wishes on the newlyweds <laughs> Kristen <laughs> Bell is trying to smash this vase and she just cannot break it and uh, the grandmother of the groom yells she wishes them a life of tragedy um, <laughs> um, and it made me laugh out loud <laughs> um, but he uh, Josh uh, or the character Nick rescues Beth and smashes the vase for her and I think that's a pretty cute and creative, um, meet cute. 
Uh, I have, yep. there's a wedding and there's a bad wedding speech. Um, she gives a really bad, yes, she, a she actually gives a, what's, what's funny. She gives a good wedding speech, but Nick translates it poorly. Um, I have stalking is sexy. Uh, all, all Nick does is stalk her, uh, her throughout the movie and it is, um, promoted as sexy. <laughs> um, I have, uh, there's a last minute chase to the museum where, uh, uh, she, oh and, where, where Beth and all of her like, uh, romantic suitors, um, like get her to the museum on time. Um, and then there's a last minute chase also for Nick where he has like a, his backstory and again, very creative and specific. I'll say, uh, is like, he had a really traumatic incident when he was like a young sports player where he was electrocuted by lightning. Um, <laughs> And um, he has to run through a lightning storm to tell her that he loves her. Um, I have the grand gesture is there's this like famous photographer that took a photo of Nick being electrocuted in pain. And it's like a very rare photo. And he um, it actually is like, I'd say pretty artsy as a photo. Like sometimes, you know, we've said in the past that like art in uh, movies is really bad but i would say that this photograph is actually pretty good um right they have. Good. that's a really good delineation Allie. yeah yeah um we've seen some really painful art in the past um but this is good art and um and uh his grand gesture is like this in kind of like really painful photo for him he like allows her to use in her exhibition um that's the grand gesture the movie ends in a wedding um there's a runaway bride um she uh you know yeah she thinks she's like walking down the aisle or like right before she walks down the aisle um the magician character reveals that the chip you know the coin that she thought you know she gave to Nick was not the actual coin and that the spell could still be cast on Nick and he could only love her because of like this magic spell. Um, And so she gets, she's like, I can't go through with the wedding. I can't have him like, I can't like force him to marry me if he doesn't love me. Um, Surprise. The coin is actually the priest's coin. Um, Right. Wow. uh, The priest. (laughs) The priest character. Wow. Um, a lot of big Italian accents in this movie. Yeah, um, that's not a apology to any Italian listeners. It's just, yeah, it shouldn't have done it's, that. They shouldn't have had a bunch pretty, of American uh, comical. The the they're pretty. Um, I'd say stereotypical Italian accents. Um, yeah, it ends. The movie ends in a spontaneous dance um, sequence. There's a quirky mode of transportation there's like a little yellow car that they're always driving in um i'd say that uh she has a quirky job she's like a curator and she's like doing a really funky exhibit about pain um where there's like a bed with spikes in the exhibit and like a (laughs) girl in a forest with like a blindfold it's like very um quirky uh and he works in print media he's a journalist and then i have um there's an easy breakup uh she breaks up with her four uh suitors that are following her and she gives (laughs) them back their coin and they're all like you you're the love of my life and you just broke up with me um and now you're breaking this spell by handing me back my coin but I'm still glad I followed you all the way to New York because I learned something about myself. Um, so four <laughs> easy breakups right in a row. That is very true. And that takes us to 29 tropes for this film. Wow. Quite a lot. Quite high, which makes sense for the studio rom-com um, vibe. <laughs> yeah, quite a lot. <laughs> um, okay, great. Well, and now it's time to rate this rom-com. We here at PSL of Rom-Coms have an ever-changing list of top five rom-coms. And as of now, our top five are The Best Man, When Harry Met Sally, Love and Basketball, The Wedding Singer, and Ten Things I Hate About You. So now, if we so choose today, we can put one in Rome on that list. But we all have to unanimously agree to vote off one of those other top five to replace it with. So what do we think? Does When in Rome deserve a spot on the top five list? And if so, who should it knock off? Ooh, I mean, I know my answer, but I don't have a well thought out. (laughs) Do you? I don't think it deserves a spot on the top five, but man... Does this film have a special place in my heart? Um, you know, I, I think I have like, 
I definitely watch it through like rose colored glasses because I think of like the time when I was in a movie theater watching it. And um, I just really enjoyed it then. But yeah, it definitely has its faults. It's very formulaic um, in a good way, but also not in a very innovative way. Um, It's formulaic. I'd say the specifics are good. The cast is, you know, first rate, uh, but it's not really adding or innovating to the genre. And it kind of like came out in a time where this type of rom-com was, you know, dying out. It was like the last of a, yeah. Of the dinosaurs of those kind of big studio rom-coms before they went extinct. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. And while I love um, the vestige of like what was sort of being poured into the genre at the time, I, I really like what's happening with the genre now even more. So yes, I agree. Yeah. Um, while we appreciate uh, sort of what this represents at a specific time in rom-com history, not for the top five. Not for the top five. Um, (laughs) With that settled, I now think it's time for a reality check. In this segment, we test out the tropes and plot devices and the rom-coms we've just watched to see if they hold up in the real world. In the rom-com, when in Rome, there is the trope of the local love superstition slash legend. We see this trope. We love it. We love it. And we see this trope in other rom-coms like A Castle for Christmas and Roman Holiday. But are there any romantic superstitions slash legends that we, Ali and Mia, Mm. believe in in real life? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I was just thinking about the like, if you break a mirror, it's like supposed to be seven years bad sex. Like I was thinking about that the other day. Like I almost dropped something and I was like... (gasps) Like, it's like, I don't believe it, but I still feel the stress Wait, of it. That's, the, that's what it is. I always thought it was seven years bad luck. It's bad sex. Wait, why did I? Why did <laughs> I, I think like, it's bad sex? It's specifically sex. Oh I thought God, it was just like general luck. <laughs> no, maybe it it's probably is. Why do I think that? I don't know. I thought that since I was like a kid. Oh my that's, gosh. Oh no. So maybe well, it it's is. not even a real I one. Just, that's <laughs> just me as specific okay, me superstition. <laughs> Seven years bad sex. Let's see. Um Oh no, it's it's that if you break eye contact during a toast, it's seven years bad sex. Okay. So wrong. <laughs> <laughs> wrong. Um, so that's so that's for me. I guess no then. Ali, <laughs> is there any that you believe? <laughs> I you know, I think I probably I think I believe a little bit in the one where it's like you shouldn't see your your spouse mm. in the you know, before the wedding vows, like in their, you know, wedding yeah. garments. Um, I agree. It stressed me out when they were all looking at the bride in this movie. I was like, I don't yeah, like it. Like, yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. I think that one really sticks with me for some reason. And like more and more, like I see friends doing like first looks. Um, it's like a thing, I guess that people do now right. with like photographers, like they like, fo- like they photograph that moment of like first looks. And it's usually they do a lot of photos before the actual ceremony. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, that's happening more and more. And that always stresses me out. Cause I'm like, Oh, bad luck. Um, which is, you know, <laughs> not based on logic. It's a superstition, but it really like, that one really gets me for some reason. Yeah. I'm with you. I felt really stressed out when she was just hanging out out front before the wedding. Um, also um, just that wedding in general stressed me out. The fact that she was like arriving off a plane and then just going straight to the wedding. None of it. It was all stressful to me, but I, I'm with you on that one, Allie. All right. But if, I wish we had like a local, I, I, I do love these like local legends of like specific lovers. So if you have any of those, let us know. Um, I think those yeah. are really fun. There's this, um, I don't know if it's like a, there's like this tree in LA. Oh, I got, um, a date took me to it once and it was really lovely. Oh my God. Um, it was this, it's called the chandelier tree. Have you heard of it? No. There, It's like in Silver Lake, there's this tree where people have it <gasps> wrapped up. It's this huge tree wrapped up in lights and there are tons of chandeliers that are hanging off of it. And it's so romantic and it's supposed to be, um, I don't know if there's like a local legend around it, but it's just like, like 
you're supposed to bring somebody like that you love there underneath the chandelier tree. Um, oh, I'm looking at it really, now. It's really cute. It's, it's really, really cute. cute. It's like right by um, that vegan restaurant, Little Pine. Um, but yeah, I. Oh, it's over there. Really? I've never noticed it. Yeah, it's you have so to like, pretty. it's in a residential neighborhood. So you have to kind of like walk up into the streets, but it's very lovely yeah. and very, it has like the same kind of like romantic feel. Cause they're like, some people like have like their initials carved into it. Like that, like love, like love locks have, you know, when like people yes. put locks on bridges, like that tree kind of has a similar feeling to it. So if you're in a romantic mood, bring a bring a pal up there with you. Carve your initials into it. <laughs> bring a um, knife. Yeah, okay, I love that. I love that we finally had that. We do have a little like local love, local love legend in the chandelier tree. Well, that's the pod. Thank you all for listening. We have a new episode out every week. And remember to subscribe and rate. And we are brought to you by Campfire Media. And P.S. I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms. Yes. I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms. Hi, I'm Michael McMillan. I'm 6'1", and I'm based in L.A. You may remember me from film and television projects like True Blood, Hot in Cleveland, or The Hills Have Eyes 2 2007 Remake. I'm here to tell you about a brand new podcast I'm hosting called Slate Your Name. And even though I'm what you may call a working actor, I spend most of my time looking for work. On Slate Your Name, I chat with other actors and performers like Rachel Bloom, co-creator and star of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, Rutherford Falls' Janice Schmeeting, Tom Everett Scott, star of 90s classic That Thing You Do, and character actor and comedian Malcolm Barrett. Too many credits to list. Each week, we'll find out how they're coping with the highs and lows of the entertainment industry. We'll touch upon audition horror stories, big breaks, favorite roles, and the weird and amazing things that happen along the way to achieving one's dreams. Join me every Tuesday for Slate Your Name, beginning March 1st from Campfire Media and available wherever you get your podcasts. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to go film a self-tape in my kitchen. Campfire.